Well, Isaiah 58, as you know, says that your health will spring forth speedily. This is the benefit of the faster. And he's talking about in two areas here. He's talking about both spiritually, and it'll cause a higher operation of your faith. And any kind of fasting causes an incredible house cleaning that takes place on the inside of you. And you can read all the books you want. Most of them will say that death starts in the colon. But as we go along, we'll get deeper into that. It's just a little bit late right now to start those benefits in the middle. Hallelujah. But not counting the natural benefits, the spiritual benefits, they're staggering. Absolutely staggering. So we found out the reason those devils wouldn't come out is because of their unbelief. But see, Jesus said, How be it this kind cometh not but by fasting and prayer. Well, if unbelief was the primary reason devils wouldn't come out, then my question to God was, What did fasting have to do with unbelief? The old-timers believed that our fastings moved God. It would be pretty hard for you to convince him to do something that he spared not his own son to do anyway. And how shall he not freely with him give you all things? See, fasting doesn't really move God. He's already moving. But it does have something to do with your unbelief. Because fasting will line you up to receive what God is already doing. And so we went over to Romans 8 and found out just exactly the role that fasting played. And just talking about it for a moment now. The 10th verse of Romans 8, he said, If your Christ be in you, he's in me. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Born again, I got seated in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus. But two positional truths happened the moment you were born again. Your spirit was seated with him, heavenly place, but positionally your body was declared dead. If Christ be in you, the spirit is life because of righteousness, but the body is dead because of sin. Well, my body's not dead. I'm wearing it. It's quite apt. And if I let it go, I found out it's capable of sin. Yet, he said, when you're born again, your spirit's seated with Christ Jesus and your body's declared dead. This is a positional truth. It's dead as in it does not have the power to reign over your born-again spirit. And when your flesh does reign over your born-again spirit, puts a ceiling on it to where no matter what you do, you live under that ceiling. He said, Christ in you, your spirit's seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Body's been declared dead. We're praying in tongues, speaking the word, meditating, all those things executes the position. My spirit's been declared, reigning with him, seated with him. But fasting, on the other hand, executes the position. My body's been declared, which is dead. Now, as we said, it does Mahatma Gandhi no good to fast when he fasted. He had no positional truth to execute. So what happens after a long fast? You're just as spiritually dead as you was before you started. There's no positional truth been declared for your body, so there's nowhere to put it at the end of the fast. There's nothing to attain to. It definitely opened you up to the spiritual world. The wrong one. 
But you have a positional truth to execute. So here most of us have a ceiling. We live under it all our life. We don't see much. Go to church, go home, program. Church is nice, ensuring my salvation, bouncing around under that ceiling. I mean, we don't see one-tenth of what the Word says we have. Not even a tenth. So you prayed in tongues and building your spirit up, and it's bouncing against this ceiling. So pretty soon, this, this wild guy comes through, teaches on fasting, you know. So you go, I'm going to add fasting. Fast, fast, fast. Pray in the Holy Ghost, so that I can confess the word. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Speak a word. Worship, 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 worship. No, yes, no, yes. Help me. I love the exaltation. No, no. I want to become a servant. You're never going to serve as long as I'm alive. I'm going to give to the missionaries. You want a new car. Fast, fast, till pretty soon. Yay! I remember a new Volkswagen come in, and I was, I was in a holiness church in my 20s, and somebody inspired me with faith. I said, I receive a new Volkswagen bug! <laughs> well, it came in when I was 31. <laughs> so what happens, we fast a little bit, and we think we moved God. And why? Because the, the ceiling comes off your spirit and what you're believing for begins to come to pass. And God says, hey, I can give you that car now. I say, why? Because you're believing with your heart. And the car comes in and go, fasting really works. I move God. Sorry, he's not the one stuck. <laughs> you moved yourself into a position to receive from him. So fasting executes a positional truth that has already been provided for your body as far as its ability to reign over your spirit. And that position is dead. It has no rights or power to reign over your spirit. Therefore, you can stop it for a position has been provided for you to stop it with. Actually, there's enough in your human spirit and that new nature and the Holy Ghost to do it. But when you need additional help, there's something you can do. And he supplied this key called fasting. And it's powerful. Ooh, especially, I just love series fasting now. It is powerful. Hallelujah. Well, I'll just tell you about this one guy. Whet your appetite a little. We'll get into some of the other fasters, such as A.A. Allen and Branham. But this guy, you know, he, from Texas, he went into old Mexico, and he's beginning his missionary. And the tape was handed to me about this guy when God began to release me once again to start fasting after he taught me worship. Anyway, he was ready to release me into fasting, so he made sure I got this videotape. And then I left it with my Bible, left it somewhere, and lost the tape. But the guy was so excited about it, he told me about it, so I remember. 
But this guy's a missionary, went from Texas into Old Mexico, and one of the first things that happened to him is somebody brought a baby to him that drowned. And he, he got so afraid that he ran from the scene. And of course, the baby was dead. But it so hurt him that he decided that he was going to get all the scriptures out on raising the dead and start fasting. Well, he began to fast relentlessly, longer fasts. He went on one after another. And then after he finished those longer fasts, then he went into a fasting of three days on and three off, except for every January. Every January, him and his team does a 30-day. Well, one of the first things that happened after that is his own child drowned and uh, died. and He held on to it. And this is after the series of longer fasts. He held on to it. Just belligerently spoke the word for an hour and a half. And he got his baby back. Well, him and his team now, they fast three on and three off. And every January, 30 days. And I don't know how big his team is that's running around Mexico. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling it's like 50 people or something. But to their account, the last time I heard, they've been accredited, him and his team, with 200 resurrections from the dead in old Mexico. 200. Now, that's not it to me. That's not even the miracle. The miracle is getting 50 people to do that. <laughs> yes. The miracle is getting 50 people to do it. Well, let's kick in here a little bit and find out why we don't. Of all the keys that I've dealt with through the years, understanding God's power for a supercharger for the flesh, I've never found anything that was so death on indifference and complacency as fasting is. It's death on it. And let me show you why. Isaiah 58. They say, how about this fast? I'll tell you what this fast is. Because Old Testament saints were spiritually dead, you and I are spiritually alive, surely their fasting is different than ours. So when Jesus talked about fasting, he talked about the old wineskin. And of course, we already taught on that, newer old wineskin. But Old Testament saints were spiritually dead, but yet we always reference Isaiah 58 as a standard for our fasting. And I says, God, the fasting under their covenant must have been different and for different purpose because they were spiritually dead. I can't see that it could attain to the same things. I don't understand it. Well, it didn't take me long to realize that the fast in Isaiah 58 here that he's talking about is the one that he literally chose for Jesus when he stood at the door of the acceptable year, which was the Jubilee. This fast in Isaiah 58 is the fast he chose for Jesus, therefore. It's the one he fulfilled in Matthew, the fourth chapter. 
but it's also because it was chosen for him. It's also the one that he chose for you and I. Isaiah was prophesying. Well, just to understand how he begins that positional truth of death and why it is such death on indifference and complacency, watch what he says here very closely. Beginning with the fourth verse, he said, Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Now, by the way, your, your kind of fasting, it doesn't cause your voice to be heard on high. It causes you to hear his voice on low. The fifth verse says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes under him, without call this fast an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house, and when you see the naked, that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? If he's going to underline anything, I'd underline that statement. For when you accomplish this kind of fasting, look what will happen to you here. Then shall thy light spring forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward, protection. He says, and then shall thou call, and the Lord shall answer, and thou shalt cry, and he shall say, and I really like this, here I am. He said, then a few stipulations here. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, He'll break every yoke, he said. The yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking of vanity. And this is very important because these are some of the things the fast will accomplish. It will be the death of those things. But I like that part when he says, you'll cry and he'll say. (laughs) I like that part. Here I am. I really like that part. But just for a moment to show you that the fast that he chose is first the one he chose for Jesus here. Just for a moment. Go on over to chapter 61. There's three chapters. Notice what he says. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison to them that are brown, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which was the Jubilee. Jesus stood at the door of that Jubilee when he went into the wilderness for 40 days and night and accomplished the fast. That's the fast he was talking about here. The one he said that would set the captive free. And I want you to notice something in this. We're just after one part this round. In the seventh verse again, 
He said, Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry and bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? And when you see the naked, you cover him, but you hide not yourself from what? Who? That you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Now, just spending a moment on this. That you hide not yourself from your own flesh. I'm thinking to myself, what is he talking about here? Is he talking about people around me when I'm fasting? That I eat my bread with normally? What do I do? Wash my face and appear not to fast and mix in with them and do my job? And he'll reward me openly that I hide not myself from my own flesh? Is this what he's talking about? Well, then he said, with permission from your wife, that you can separate yourself for a time of fasting and prayer. So there's one that he said you could separate yourself for, and one you wash your face and go about your business. So which one does he want? That we hide not ourselves from our own flesh, or that we do hide ourselves from our, our flesh? Which one does he want? Neither. Because <laughs> that wasn't what he was talking about. The day that you decide to fast, the day, is the day that you've decided to quit hiding from whatever it is that's in you that just don't care. That you don't care about the naked don't care about the captive, the poor, whether anyone's getting saved, whether anyone's getting healed. To even get a shred of burnout conscience, we have to show you movies of starving kids. What kind of walk is that? What kind of walk is that? I know missionaries that's got so hard they show the movies of starving kids and live like kings off of the money themselves. How can you get so hard? Rodney Howard Brown in another country, escorting in the limousine and all the poor running along by the car with their hands out the window. So he started breaking money down and just handing it to the hands. And the drivers, they get hard. Oh, don't give them money. Just go on. He said, ah, as long as I got money, I'm going to give it to them. Well, preachers in India, they, they start getting pretty hard. And people sleeping all over, and you're stepping over and walking around them. And you know you can't feed all of them. After a while, you know, for self-survival, you kind of build an immunity up. It sure shakes our little refrigerated two-car world. When you go over there and live with them for a while, it make you come back and be thankful. Be thankful. Certainly not unthankful. I mean being a thankful of a holy generation. Traveling the world like I have is one of the reasons I started dying. I'm so thankful now to everything that I have. And somebody wants to do the smallest thing. 
I just can't help but being so appreciative that I feel like I'm going to die. You know the old saying, but for grace, there go I. Because if you was born there, you wouldn't know the difference. That's why you can't get missionaries to come over here for training and then go back to the borough. The cardboard shacks, boy, once about halfway through Bible college and find out you can work and get a car. Oh, immediately, man, they just start fighting like a crazy man for a green card. And you can't blame them. Because they're thinking about their kids and their kids' kids. Usually people that make good missionaries is the ones that grew up in this and found out it didn't have the answer. And they go over there. He says... Was this the fast you've chosen? To hide not yourself from your own flesh. And I tell you, you can, you can start that fast, and that's the day that you decided. It's going to happen. The fact that you're fasting, you said, I don't want to hide from this stuff anymore. I've got willpower. I want to fast. I want to be transformed in my spirit from glory to glory, and in my emotions. I don't want this. I want to face it now, and I want to die to it. And everything I have, God, you can have it. Just come to my house and ask me. When in India, next to large cities, Delhi, Calcutta, the garbage dumps, you can see the crowds getting out of the way of the dozer. And they're forging with sticks, and they all got sacks. What launched Mother Teresa? And I thank God for that woman. She did all she did on the rebirth. She did what she did on her new nature. God, and look at you. You're empowered with a teacher. You got your full inheritance. Look at you. It's a shame for anybody to make it in the front of the line. And you had the Holy Ghost and you didn't. She Calcutta garbage dump and saw a six or seven year old boy forging with a stick and had his three or four year old sister on his hand and he found out that he was her soul support. Well, Miss Sister Teresa made that vow of poverty, as they called it. Really, what we call it around here is slaves. To become a servant, then a slave. It's a different aspect than as they understood it. Sister Teresa understood it as long as I have a shirt or two shirts or one toothbrush or two toothbrushes. I will never run into a human being who will not. Because I'll take it and I'll give it to them. That's poverty. That's a vow of poverty. She went back to the Monsignor and said, why are we in here locked up? We need to be out there. 
she got dismissed from the convent because she said, I'm going anyway. Well, she went into the burials of the back streets and the cardboard houses and the slums and, and they started stoning her and she would stand off and cry in a loud voice, I can nourish your children. I can teach you to read. She says, I can comfort your dying. I can clean your diseases up. I'm a servant of God. Please let me serve you. She became one of the most trusted figures. Oil men would, would sow 50,000, 100,000 a week into her work. How does a person get there? And for God's sake, how do we get there? I can guarantee you whether series fasting or prophets fasting, the day that you decide to fast is the day you've decided to quit hiding yourself from your own flesh. Whatever it is in you that don't care is about to suffer some martyrdom. And we're not telling you that it's easy. Because when my flesh just about overthrew me, the only reason I continue with my fast because I entered into a covenant with Rosalie that I wouldn't break it without telling her. And she went overseas, my wife. I followed her to the airport. <laughs> I almost got down on my knees. I was a week into the fast, six or seven days. I almost got on my knees in the airport and begged her. I said, Please let me break the fast. I promise I'll start again when you get home. Then you can help us watch things. She says, you're never going to do it. No. <laughs> she got on the plane, and I'm sitting there just as hungry, left abandoned, and couldn't get a hold of her. I was in a horrible shape. I was in a horrible shape. I was that close going over the line to immorality. That close. My, my emotions had been so beat back. I could have no peace in my mind. I'd come in after a meeting and it seemed like Jesus would stay in the meeting and I'd go home. It's not that we wouldn't see miracles in a couple of hundred filled with the Holy Ghost in the camp meetings. I'd go home and just rush home and He'd stay at the meeting, I'd run in, the TV would go on, or the torment would come. I'd just watch it. My eyes looked like road maps. I'd go to sleep and be startled awake. Couldn't hardly sleep unless there's noise. The same thing had happened when I tried to look at my Bible. Almost all I could do is preach the same messages over and over. Had to keep moving. But the change happened at Mile High Conference and I was preaching for Wally and Marilyn Hickey. The devil tried to push me across the line to immorality and it scared the daylights out of me. Had too much holiness roots and I asked Marilyn, can you help me? She said, yes, I can get you an appointment, Dr. Cho. And that's when I went home and decided this is it. I didn't know what fasting would do really. All I know is when Rosalie wouldn't give me permission to break it, I laid on the bed and just stared at the television for ten more days. <gasps> I even cleared time for the fast. 
I just stared at it, but I wouldn't eat. 16, 17 days into the fast, I don't know. One day I woke up and the antagonistic resistance against prayer had gone to a manageable, a manageable level. And I got out of bed and for the first time in I don't know how long, I could really pray. And I could open my Bible again. And I finished that longer fast and it, it, it brought me to face Whatever it was that was in me, I just quit caring and was being defeated. And although I didn't know it, 17 days before that, I had decided not to hide from my own flesh anymore. Well, the second fast was much easier. In that one, I come under close cross-examination. How ugly I was was revealed to me. When I come out of that sin, I just saw his grace. On the next one, he got to show me some of the very ugly things that was between me and him. But that was okay, because it had destroyed the flesh enough for my spirit to take over, and I made it out of him. The next one, I made it to that series of tapes we call Peace, the Aggressive Weapon. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, whether it be those short series fastings or the long puppet kind, you're going to run into these problems somewhere along the way. In series fasting, it may take a little longer. It just depends how shallow your walk is. And I'm going to fast 40 days. Yeah, well, I said that 40 times before I ever made one started it 40 times. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you again just about the difference between series and long fasting and why. Because normally I would have went on over into the fast that Jesus had accomplished, which is the Isaiah 58 one, and exactly, just exactly the purpose of his fast. But right now, when you enter into any kind of fasting, you've decided to quit hiding from anything in you that don't care. Once you make it into some agape, where the love for God starts loving people in the same way, that's when you make it to peace. You get where you don't care what they do to you. What's that got to do with your walk? Your love is not determined by what anybody does to you. Anybody can have it. You don't want to get so far out into the flesh where you're subliminally programmed to where you're walking where you put things off. You keep putting them off because something in you doesn't want to face them. Every one of you know what I'm talking about. One of Satan's favorite sayings is, you're going to get into it. You get into it. Just don't worry, there's always hope out there. You get into it. You, you can make it. You're going to do it. And you'll live with the hope that you're going to do it. 
So in your times of weaknesses, when you're really hard on yourself and hate where you're walking, the devil will let up and he will come with this. Don't worry about it. He's a God of grace. You'll get it done. You're going to accomplish it. You're okay. You're a good guy. Don't worry. So you'll be satisfied just enough inside that you're going to make it. That you won't do what Jay brings to permanent change. Well, I'm telling you, there's things out there that you want. How can you know that you want them until you taste them? A lot of you think that straightway the old wine's better. I'm telling you, it's not. The freedom of flesh to run and do anything that you want with your flesh, not a servant. It's not better. Anybody that lives like that has never pressed in enough to taste of the kind of peace that loved God so much. They begin to love people, and that's the real first powerful level of peace. Because as long as you've got my peace by the throat, then I'll never have any. Hallelujah. Until you taste some of that, how do you know what you want? Has any of you ever become a sugar addict after your first pie? How'd you know what that pie tastes like until you taste it? You know? Of course, in our society today, it's not like the Old West when the sugar candy at the store was the big treat on Saturday and everybody had good teeth. <laughs> Mama, Mama, can I have sugar cane? Because boy, once you tasted it, that, mm. I mean, that kid would work all week and do his chores and chop wood. Wouldn't gripe one time. Why? Because he would get that sugar cane on Saturday. Boy, you say, I'll give you a sugar cane, modern day kids. If you'll work all week, and they'll go. You poor, naive creature. <laughs> How do you know what you're missing? Until you go taste of it. Now Tim and them was commenting. You know, we'll be going long, Tim and I, and we'll be doing something, and all of a sudden I'll just say, I'm going to fast. And then I don't eat again until some other date. When? Well, I don't fast anymore according to days. I fast according to what's happening in me. But Tim was amazed when, he, when I first broke into the fasting where I was in control of my flesh. And, and it really became productive. I just stopped eating. And I wouldn't eat again for a long time, no, Tim. It just goes, how do you do that? And I said, I don't know. You just quit eating. Well, there's a lot of adjustments made in my spirit. It became very powerful in those first fasts. I, I love it when my spirit is strong because all the rest has to be under subjection. I like, do you love it? I love it. Hallelujah. I love it. 
So I dread those days when I used to say, I'm going to fast 30 days. About 10 days into it, you're going, you idiot. Why did you do that? Your stomach is gnawing a hole through your backbone. You're in pain and agony and your emotions are fighting. Your wife's trying to run you off because you're <laughs> irritable, mad at everything, and you're going, in. besides all this, I have 20 days to go. Oh, for God's sake, I'm never setting a time again. Well, in some ways, that gives you a way out. But in other ways, you know, you condemn the living daylights out of yourself after you eat and you feel fat and full and good and warm and fuzzy, and then you go, and I'm still like it was. <laughs> but now that I understand, I don't fast lengths anymore. I fast according to the Spirit. In other words, whether it's serious fasting, I'm getting to love them. Just quit eating for two or three days and eat a couple of days. And quit eating two or three days and eat a couple of this long as necessary. Besides your body coming to a new state of health. Because after you start, your health will start springing forth, you get into some control. Whether it's so short, series, or long fast, either way, you're going to come to a state to where where you should be walking, you'll, you'll come to the the death of the flesh in that area and the grace of God will release you because you've made it another step. And if you fast in it all, you'll come to know that place. One reason people preach against the long, like 40-day fast is because some people are in such horrible condition like I was for where I should be. That you accomplish a 40-day fast and you think God's going to move the whole world for you and you come out of it and he's done Nothing. He's even let your debts go. <laughs> He's done nothing. You don't feel more spiritual. You don't hardly feel anything. And so we say, well, I tell you, I don't believe in those longer fasts. Why? Just because your flesh was so bad he couldn't mortify it in 40 days? Well, I'm not going to. Well, of course you're not. You're going to make a doctrine out of short fast, aren't you? <laughs> if you got all your eggs in that basket, you will be disappointed. But if you understand fasting, then you may break it. Don't worry about it. If you think it didn't do anything, I can guarantee you it did. It may not show up right away. But you're not going to fast with a positional truth out there and not have it work something. It will. Or what if you want to speed it up after you recover some, go back into short fasts and eat some and back into short ones. Eventually, all of a sudden, there'll be a big change in the realm of the Spirit and the things that are happening. And you can take that as a sign that you're ready for a vacation in the flesh. <laughs> Again, let me reiterate. Some of you that you think you're going to fast a long one, you end up with a short one. I'll give you the attitude of your father. He's so pleased. He's so pleased that you did anything. Do you think he's sitting there docking you because you had the heart to want to attempt a long fast and only made it four or five days? 
You think he's sitting in heaven punishing you? No, he's very highly appreciative on anything you do for him, anything you try to accomplish. And don't think the short one that you fell off of didn't accomplish something. I can guarantee you that it did. Absolutely guaranteed. Now, if you go later service Sunday, I'm going to go on into Jesus's. But the early ones, we're getting into that first level of his voice and conscience. And then we're liable to make it as far as fasting as in, hearing his voice in the new creation. But God is highly pleased with any amount of time that you give him at all. When I found that out, all condemnation was gone. I just found out he was pleased with anything I attempted to do for him. So what if I failed the first 30 times? One of these times, I'm going to get up and make it. And I did. And I did. But the main thing that you want to remember today, the day, you begin to fast is the day that you decide to quit hiding from the part of you that just doesn't care. Let's stand up and worship God. Hallelujah. I feel in the spirit not to go any further. Fasting will literally Start an aggressive house cleaning. And it'll clean all that stuff out of your blood and out of you. You can fast all the way down to anything between you and your bones will be gone. All the lumps, cholesterol buildup, and little putrefying pockets of backed up waste that couldn't find a place to release themselves because your sewage system is backed up. Anyway, they all disappear on the fast. If we only knew what's out there, you just only knew what's available to you. It's like Jesus said it. He said, I'm going to be taken away and you're going to be sad. He used a strange example. He says, like a woman who's in travail, but when the man child is she forgets all the anguish and the pain because a man child is born into the world so he was telling them that I have to go away and he was going to the cross but he says but I'll come back and your joy will be full he gave that example on the born again trail what he was talking about is expedient that he go away that the new creation give birth, see into this earth. And that's what all that was about. And that's why he gave that kind of example. Fasting is no fun. And locking yourself up sometime and praying through the dry places is no fun. Trust me when I say, that the labor doesn't taste like the reward. 
and that confidence and sweet peace and the glory and the power. And here I am when your call begins to rest on you. You forget the anguish. I wish there was some way I could open you up and just put some of this in you. Unfortunately, you'll have to go there yourself. The reason I added this additional part is because I feel that grace again. The time with the sower catches up with the reaper. It's taken me 26 years and I had to learn. By charging into verses, I found out how they operated by getting in there and employing them until things happened. But if you can believe me, now I can tell you what's ahead. I can save you 26 years if you trust what I say. Now, when the sower overtakes the reaper, it's because sometimes what it took me 26 years to understand and operate in, there is an anointing that comes with it. Sometimes that anointing of grace will make an adjustment inside. Nobody hardly was working miracles for a span of time until Or Roberts come on the scene. And then many boys sprung up suddenly from Allen to Jack Cole. Many of these owed their anointings going back to Oral. Somebody received an anointing under Oral that somebody received under them, like Leroy Jenkins under Allen and Allen. Oral and well, once a gift is in the earth, then through association and open themselves up because it's all grace. Sometimes you don't have to go through the same thing the guy did that died to receive it. See, because this thing isn't about how long one takes or another, or you didn't fast three fifty-day fasts, so why'd you get it? It's not about that. See, it is not about that. Where are you? I would to God that I could see all your dust. You'd go so fast you'd leave a trail of born again healed people behind that I could never get to the get across the edge of. Isn't that what it's about? Who cares how long it took anybody? What we care about is what's available. when I feel this grace boy sometimes you know you have grace to do whatever it is he can give you and some last time we had a grace line is people having trouble reading the Bible time before that trouble getting into fasting this time I feel like what we nailed a kind of a complacency just like an emotional fight, and just hard to get yourself motivated. In other words, you're serving God as fervently as ever. Like it's under your, an attack, the joy. You know, the joy, like it's not exciting to you. Three quarters of the church will have lost that. They go to church for pure obligation and responsibility. 
not to meet with an ecstatic God. They can hardly wait to get there to fellowship. Do you know what you're missing? There's not preachers. Whoever's here can come up here and stand with me. But if we're talking to you and you're facing change and fasting and prayer and all that, get in the line. Let that grace pour over you as a faithful God. My prayer is that you see what I'm telling you. doesn't take that long. It just takes doing the right things, not beating the air. Being under a pure move of the Spirit and pure word, not wasting a day or a breath. You can have it. God.